The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this early signing day, Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio on this Wednesday afternoon, and I just hate that we have nothing to talk about today. I hate that we just can't find anything for the next two hours to talk about. Oh, wait, we're going to struggle to fill two hours and get all the information in to a two-hour window because of everything that's been happening with early signing day today one of the biggest one of the best recruiting days in the history of Auburn football has been taking place since 8 a.m this morning we're going to break it all down for you on the show today. A reminder, my name is Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. Normally Rivalry Wednesday, uh, but with the busy day across the board for Auburn football, we're talking all things Auburn recruiting today. No Uncle T-Bone. He will uh, be calling in, I'm sure, later on in the show. But got some wonderful guests in the studio to help us out and get the excitement uh, continued on here in the afternoon. First of all... We have Jumpin' Jack Hutton in the studio What's up, from baby? Auburn High School from Game Day on Wings, after the game, everything else that he does around here. He'll be joining us in the studio for the first hour. I am the I'm called the Jack of All Trades. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Jack of All Trades. There you go. Well, he'll be joining us in the studio for this first hour. And then uh, the guest that I told you was going to be here, a longtime friend. The real the, guest the, of the show here. Well, I mean, you were a little bit of a surprise. Oh, no, 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 no. We, we you like you built this up yesterday. So I did. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't just, know you I were just kind of straggled along. Yeah. I know. I just kind of straggled along. I'm good. I, I, I don't want to be the feature. <laughs> well, uh, with Uncle Tebow, my normally Monday, Wednesday, Friday co-host out, I wanted to have somebody guaranteed concrete to be in the studio. And longtime friend of mine and the program and the station, writes for Auburn daily and does a great job. Lance Dahl yeah. is in the studio. What right. it do, boys? All right. All right. All right. Well, up. we've got man, Lance gentlemen. Ball games in the that's studio. right. That's right. Well, look, gentlemen, we have so much much to talk about today so much to cover this is an exciting day I mean this is one of those days that in in for people like us that cover college football that cover Auburn that talk about Auburn on a daily basis this is a day that we look forward to for a long time I mean this is a national holiday basically when it comes to college football and recruiting and the future of all of these programs and I said it on the show leading up to to this day that today could be one of the biggest days in Auburn football history. And I truly believe that. And gentlemen, I think we have seen that take effect since 8 a.m. this morning with early signing day 
We're going to break it all down for you. Everybody that has signed, committed, uh, those that are still out there, the couple that Auburn did miss on, unfortunately, all of that here for the next two hours on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Jack will be with us for the first hour. Lance will be here the entire show. And most importantly, we want you to be a part of this thing today as well. What are your thoughts, your comments, questions, concerns? Uh, We'll have the phone lines open throughout the show. We'll get to you as we can, uh, but we got a lot to talk about. So give us a call. The phone lines are open, 334-321-1390. That number again, 334-321-1390. I know you've got some thoughts and comments and hopefully some praises to uh, to have for Hugh Freeze and this staff about early signing day. Gentlemen, where do we want to start with this? I mean, we got a, we got so many guys to talk about in this class. How about we just start with where Auburn sits as of right now? Consensus top eight, no matter where you look. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, this is this is one of the best classes that I think I can remember, and I'm, and I'm kind of doing some uh, numerical analysis over here, so I'll have that for you later on in the show. But um, if you're looking at class rankings, so we're going back through on three. On three goes back to 1999, and so they didn't really start ranking classes until about 2002. Mm-hmm. So what I'm doing is I'm just going back through and kind of getting a feel for where has Auburn finished every year uh, in the on three rankings. And a couple of interesting trends that I'm finding here, and, and obviously the last few years recruiting has not been as good. Auburn finished 21st in uh, 2021 and then in 16th in 2022. This year – and I think if I think we are the most updated we have, Auburn currently sits for this 2024 class. Well, I may have to back up on that in a minute. But um, Auburn currently sits in this 2024 class at seventh in on three rankings right now. You still got a little bit of time left. You still got a couple more of these that we think could pop today, maybe tomorrow, even maybe even up until February. So there's still room for this class to grow. And it's already one of the best in Auburn history. Yeah, that's what I was about to say here is when you look at this class, obviously, it's one of the best that, that I remember uh, the Tigers signing, at least this early in the process. But this day, obviously, we can be excited about the the two five stars the Tigers have signed and Cam Coleman and Perry Thompson and mm-hmm. the different guys that are within that five-star range pretty close to it, these high-profile recruits that the Tigers have landed. We can be really excited about those guys. But you said that this is a really big day for the Tigers, and it's not just about today. It's about building towards the future, and you heard in Hugh Freeze's press conference talking about the expectations now, both from his staff and from the fans, about where they should be moving forward. Right now, uh, Auburn sits, I believe, inside or close to the top five for the 2025 class, and Mm -hmm. Freeze said that should be about the expectation, is that we're competing with these guys and we're seeing all of these different flips and what Hugh Freeze continues to describe as a short amount of time for this year's class. So imagine what this staff and what this program will be able to do once they start to kind of solidify themselves. And so I'm excited about all these different prospects. We'll dive into it. But, man, talking about the future and moving forward for Auburn football, things look pretty bright on the recruiting trail. Yeah, and that's where I just came from before the show started was Hugh Freeze's press conference. And um, just so many guys that he wanted to go over and talk about and just talk about the the mindset of what Auburn should be when it comes to high school recruiting. Like We don't have to tell our listeners, guys. They know and we know and everybody knows this program has been down in recruiting for numerous years in the back end of the Malzahn era. Of course, the Brian Harson quote-unquote era. 
And then Hugh Freeze having to come in and say, and look at this situation and think, oh man, we are, I'm pretty sure he's talked about how he it was worse than what he thought it was when he got here. And yep. so there is no doubt that Auburn was not only behind, they were really behind. And it's hard to come back from that, guys, when you have Georgia's and Alabama's and Florida State's and Ohio State's and Clemson's out there recruiting these kids for three and four years and Hugh Freeze and his staff had to come in and do it in less than a year and the the work that they've done and the success that they got from that work has to be praised and something he talked about in his uh, press conference today was when they got here they wanted to sign a top 10 class the very first class they had like Mm -hmm. Think about how tough. Uh, just think about how tough that is in itself, right? That's a very high expectation to hold you and your staff to in your first full year at a program. Not to mention the the revival work he did in 2023, very very late when he got here, right? So to have that standard of hey, we want to sign a top ten class our first full cycle. The next year, we want to sign a top five class in our second full year. And gentlemen, they're on pace to do both of those things, and that has to be celebrated. Yeah, they really are. I mean, if you look at uh, what's coming up in 2025, of course, um, if you're a fan of going through and and looking at the different boards and things like that, um, you know that there's some momentum with uh, Tavares Dice, who's a four-star offensive tackle who you're looking at in 2025. Micah Dubose is another one that I don't think he's a – is he a Georgia commit or is he – was he expected to go to Georgia? I can't remember that one exactly, but I know that he's another one that Auburn's taking a look at on the offensive line. Um, <clears throat> obviously, uh, Ryan Williams, who was in that 2025 class, he flips over to this 2024 class now, and I'm sure we'll get into him, but that's another one that Auburn's looking at, and you think maybe you can add him down the line and make this class even better. So the 2025 class is, is turning into one that I think Auburn is really excited about. They do have a few commitments so far. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, I believe, it, uh, oh, what is his name? Reddick, mm-hmm. um, I think, out of Georgia, who who just had a monster state championship game uh, last week, and so yeah. he's a top fifty player nationally. So it's already off to a really good start. Um, I think I just think I, I'm going over these numbers on this 2024 class, and this is this is really impressive what Auburn has done in essentially what is year one of recruiting under Hugh Freeze. Yeah, it's legitimate. You talk about Micah DeBose there. He did commit to Georgia, but you look at the recent timeline, and he's taken three straight visits to Auburn from October through uh, through the end of November. And this 2025 class, I mean, looking up and down the board, uh, the Tigers are really putting an emphasis here on the offensive and defensive line, and that excites me. Because when you talk about the different things Auburn's done for these first two classes, it's like, okay, great. We've gotten our quarterbacks, we've gotten our receivers, we've gotten our transfer portal trench guys, but where you're going to really solidify yourself as a program, as we all know, it's the kind of the kind of the cliche thing to say, is through the trenches, both right. offensive and defensive line. To see Auburn getting on it this early and getting these legitimate high-profile guys, if they can hang on to them. And, hey, by the way, it's not just the 2025 class. Shout-out guys like DeAndre Carter, who are very legitimate across the country coming to play for the Tigers. I mean, it it is really exciting to see what Auburn's doing right now. Yeah, it really is. I really agree with that. Um, You know, a couple other guys that I know are coming from a little bit longer distances, it would seem like. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you got Seth Wilfred, who's talked about as one of the best offensive tackles in JUCO right now. I think he was a JUCO All-American um, he comes from uh, quite a distance away, I think, to play um, f- football for Auburn. And so really when you're talking about these lines of scrimmage, 
I mean, there's a couple other targets out there that Auburn has been in on. They went out to Katy, Texas to take a look at Cohen Eccles. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it shows you that Auburn has really kind of gone, okay, we're going to go national with this with this offensive and defensive line recruiting and see what we can come up with. Well, you have to because, look, the state of Alabama, there's no doubt that there is some serious talent in this state, but it seems like as of late, especially in this 2024 class, the state of Alabama had a lot of skill position players, right? Lots of talent in the receiver room, obviously, in the running backs, and that seems to be how it goes a lot of times, but in today's world of college football, man, you can't limit yourself to one, two, or three states right here in the region. Like, you've got to go out and get some other guys because you don't, Auburn doesn't have this state on lockdown yet. They just don't. I think they can, and I think eventually they probably will if they continue on this trend. But for right now, you don't get every single player that you want from Alabama or Georgia or Mississippi or Florida. So you have to the go out. The times they are a-changing, Jacob. I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. But I'm saying in this beginning stages, you have to go to California to find a DeAndre Carter to come out and say, hey, man, come play college football in Auburn, Alabama, and let's show how you can go to the NFL through us. I will say this, though. I will say this. I do agree with you. Right now, looking at Auburn's 2024 class, four of the top seven commits are from the state of Alabama. Two of the top, obviously, both these receivers from Foley and from Central. Which is huge. Like Jack said, the times, they are a-changing. And that's so big because, look, that's been the story for the last 15 years, right? Has Alabama and Nick Saban, if there's a player in this state that they wanted, they got them. And the only thing that Auburn got was the the quote-unquote rejects and... Not saying that in a bad way, but that's the truth. Like that program got what they wanted. And Georgia, right now, I wouldn't say they fully have the state of Georgia on lockdown, but Auburn is starting to take back over and take control. And that's because of Hugh Freeze and the emphasis that he put on high school recruiting. So big, big day for early signing day. Lots to get into. When we come back, we'll start getting into the specifics, start getting into some of those players, start breaking them down, the ones that Auburn signed, a couple that Auburn missed on as well, and phone lines are open. Your thoughts on early signing day as Auburn is making some noise in high school recruiting. We're talking about it here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, our early signing day special here on ESPN 106.7. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, joined by a couple of wonderful guests in the studio, Lance Dahl from Auburn Daily, Jumping Jack Cutton, uh, who everybody knows around here by now. He does so much for us. Uh, he's across body. Wow, yeah, that's he, high praise, man. You do enough shows in, in, in high school sports broadcasts. You know you're not broadcast. talking Lance when you say that. No, no. <laughs> okay. Everybody knows Lance, but everybody knows you as well. Uh, does okay. everybody know me? Really? <laughs> I mean, by the time we're done with this show, they will. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I know you, Lance. I see you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm appreciated. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got so much more to to talk about when it comes to early signing day. Jack's with us for the first hour. Lance with us all show long. Phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. 334-321-1390. We really didn't get into specifics yet in that first segment. We're just kind of talking about what the day is and how this is 
This is one of the more successful early signing days that we've seen in Auburn history in a long, long time. And we have time later on to get into the the argument and the discussion of should it all be on one day right in February and the timing and Hugh Freeze has brought up the calendar numerous, numerous times with everything going on. I mean, they literally had early signing day today. Hugh Freeze had his press conference and they were walking outside to go to practice for bowl game. Like, that's a day, yeah. guys. That That is a full day for a head football coach. And we can get into some of that in just a little bit. But let's start breaking down where this class is, who's in this class, who is signed, and what they are going to bring to this Auburn football team and program. It's going to take us multiple segments to get through all of this. But where do we want to start? So I can – and if you know me, I've just been breaking down this stuff. But if you know me, I'm a numbers guy. I mean, I'm my day job is an engineer, so – I like math. I, I do math for fun, which is not very common, it seems like. Um, but I'm looking over some of this stuff, and it's really interesting to look at how the narrative for Auburn recruiting changed in this cycle. So coming up through the last few years, um, you've you've had this sort of I don't I don't want to call it a regression because I think it was still Auburn trying to find its way, but it certainly is a regression, I guess, from those 2014, 2015 years where you were number six in the country, number six, number five, number six, number seven, like you were bringing in these top 10, close to top five classes. About 2017, you saw a dip happen. And that was around the time when Gus Malzahn and his staff started, you started kind of getting beat more and more. Um, 2017, you're the 13th class in the country. 2018, you're back inside the top 10 at number nine. But then 2019 rolls around, you get two five-stars that year in Owen Papo and Bo Nix, and you still finish 12th in the country. Not bad, but not a top five class, not a top seven you would think with that kind of number. 2020, you jump back up to seven. You get Tank Bigsby, Zeke Walker. um, You get Wesley Steiner in that, who was a big one. But then it really drops off. 21st, 16th, 17th. I mean, Auburn hasn't seen this kind of recruiting since – uh, really, since that 2020, I would say like going back. Here, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, I would say going back to that 2014, 2015 year, maybe that 2016 year too is when I think that's when you got Derek Brown and, and Marlon yeah. Davidson, and you had all those flips on signing day. Um, 2024, though, you're seventh in the country now. Auburn since that 2002, and I know I'm talking way too long. I'm going to get to Lance, who everybody's here to actually hear. <laughs> no. um, since 2002, on three has been running these rankings. Auburn's been in the top five twice. They've been in the top ten ten times. Top seven or better eight times. All those classes are complete. This one probably still has a few more names to get thrown in there. No doubt. I think it's very possible Auburn gets up to a top five class. And if that is, that'll be just their third time since 2002 that they're in the top five in year one of Hugh Freeze and company. Third time in the last 21 years yeah. that Auburn would pull a top five class. I mean, look, it's hard to pull a top five class. It is. I mean, it, it is It is really, really difficult, especially with everything that's going on in college football. But Auburn needs to be there more consistently. And I think we can all agree with that. But Lance, the fact that this class is already top ten in year one, with the potential to be top five, I mean, that's just... It's it's unheard of to see a coaching staff do that in year one. We went from a staff and a head coach where they were in a situation where everybody looked at it and said, 
okay, it's almost difficult to be this bad, uh, given the situation and given the resources, to now it's like, holy cow, it's difficult to be this good this quick, right? considering your surroundings. And so I'm excited about it. I know a lot of Auburn fans are excited about it as well. This could potentially be a very special class when all is said and done, if you are able to add a few pieces on, maybe a couple of more flips. Uh, but but I, I, I'll say this, and we said this during the break here, it's incredible that Hugh Freeze has been able to do this so quickly, but it needs to produce wins in order for it to be sustained. Right. Otherwise, he's not going to be here for very long. And so I'm excited about these different prospects that we'll dive into uh, for across the board uh, when it comes to the trenches, when it comes to skill players, when it comes to the quarterback that Auburn signed. We've got so many different guys that we can dive into and talk about and how they will contribute this upcoming season. But They've got to start producing some wins here in the coming years. And if you bring in talent like this, I I think Freeze will produce. I think the two biggest examples of that, Lance, are Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M, who consistently signed top five classes while he was there, didn't produce wins. Best season was, what, eight or nine wins, and now he's fired. And Auburn is the beneficiary of that, of course. Mm -hmm. And I think another one that's an active head coach in college football, I look at Ryan Day at Ohio State. Mm. Not that he's not producing wins, he's just not producing the right wins, right? He beats all the Rutgers and the and the Michigan States and the the Maryland's of the world. He has a three-game losing streak against Michigan. Now, he did sign the number one wide receiver in the country today, and they still have a top five recruiting class, but they are on pins and needles right now in Columbus. If he doesn't start producing bigger wins, he's gonna get fired. And he still has top five recruiting classes. So you're absolutely right, Lance. Hugh Freeze. Pulling this class is great. If he could do it again in 2025, that's fantastic. But you have to back it up with the wins and the production and the development for these guys to try to play at the next level. And I don't want to sit here and discount what Hugh Freeze and his staff have gone out and done over this past year or so. I mean, it is incredible the turnaround and then like Jack was breaking down just now, the potential that this year's class has and the next year's class has as well. Um, there's a couple of other points that I'd actually like for for Jack to break down when it comes to recruiting in the state of Alabama that we were talking about during the break. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't want to discount that at all by saying, okay, well, now you've got to go out and win in year two. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying it will aid Hugh Freeze and the longevity that he has at this program if he does actually get some of those dubs. Well, they all come – I mean, they're all – can they all come together, right? They all work <laughs> hand in hand. They're like gears in a in a clock, right? I mean, they all they have to work together. You've got the one recruiting gear spinning. It's got to catch the other one, and you got to start winning. It'll then produce more recruits, and it's just a big cycle, right? And so you're absolutely right on that. And we were talking about the state of Alabama, yeah. where Auburn has just lacked for years and years and years. And we're going, I promise, coming up, we're going to talk about the specific guys in this class but jack you've got are you finished with your numbers on the state of alabama yeah, in the last think, however many years well and i've just been kind of running through what i can find um and i've gotten back to about the 2015 year or so but um which i me, think that's a good benchmark yeah yeah yeah. i think so too so since 2015 listen to who's i guess looking at the blue chip recruits in the state so i'm saying the top 20 Guys that would be five, four-star, maybe highly ranked three-stars, but generally you're going to have that top 20 in the state of Alabama is going to be blue-chip recruits. The guys you have to have to win championships. Yeah, exactly. It's proven. So since 2015, you had – Alabama has 
we'll call it, won the state, as in they've gotten more top 20 recruits out of Alabama, out of the state of Alabama. They've done it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times out of the last nine years. Auburn has done that once, and it was in 2018. All right. So Alabama has owned the state of Alabama in recruiting those years. Okay. They've they've owned it over everybody else that's tried to come in. All right. So uh, that's and that's fairly obvious. Alabama's a, you know, they're a dynasty, they're a great program. Listen to this though. In 2024, you have out of the top ten players in the in the state, Auburn has four of them. Alabama's got five of them. Out of the top 15, Auburn has six. Alabama still has five. Out of those top 20, those blue chip recruits, they are dead even at seven apiece. How about that? And Ryan Williams is still on the board. Still on the board. And the phrase you used in the last segment, how times are changing, it's very well changing. And Who's going to win the state? Right. I mean, that hasn't been a battle for years, but it's up for grabs right now. And not only does Auburn have a lot of those, they have deep in that class. You're talking top 15, top 20. Auburn's out competing on the recruiting trail, not just in the country, but most importantly, right here at home in the state of Alabama. We're going to break down all the commits and signees when we come back, especially those receivers that have made this class so, so attractive. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Halfway through hour number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio here on our early signing day special edition of On the Line. And we've got Jumpin' Jack Cudden and Lance Dahl in the studio with us. Jack will be with us for the rest of this first hour. Lance will be with us for the entire show. So we appreciate them hopping on here today. As uh, so much to talk about, we've been kind of on the on the big picture type of thing these first 30 minutes or so guys talking about what this 2024 class is how special it is and how just how really wild it is that Hugh Freeze and his staff have been able to to pull this type of class but let's talk about the guys that made it so special let's talk about the guys that have signed they're here and they're going to be on campus with Auburn in 2024 and there's no other place to start than the receivers I mean that is what has made this class so special it's what really kick-started everything and really got this thing going in the right direction and it starts with Perry Thompson and Cam Coleman. So the the Perry Thompson thing, I think, is something that you got to go back and and give props to. That was really the fr- and I'm, I'm not going to say that's the first recruit that Auburn really you know stole away and got that was a big get, but I think that was when the if you will the tide started turning. That I think could be the moment that you look back on and say that's when the momentum flipped back to. Maybe not all the way Auburn in the state, but fairly even in the state again. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that has got to be taken into account when you're looking at that. Um, I think another one, you know, obviously Cam Coleman is going to be the guy that a lot of people are excited about. And man, I got to tell you, I think I've said this in a lot of different um, places before. 
he is the best high school wide receiver I've ever seen live. Yeah, now. you got to call. You got to be on the call when Auburn High played them. Yep. Played Central Phoenix City, and you I said it was just unbelievable. Twice. Yeah, I got to see him twice, and I think I texted you halfway through that game. I thought Auburn's got to do whatever it can to get this guy. This guy is insane. So, um, yeah, the wide receiver rooms are crazy. Of course, Malkin Simmons and Bryce Kane. Um, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Lance talk about those guys, but you know those four guys right there are already huge for this class. I think when you talk about these four receivers here, obviously it's very difficult for a five star of Thompson or Coleman's caliber to not fit in any given system across college football. But mm-hmm. when you look at what Hugh Freeze has had success with in the past, it's some of these big bodied physical receivers. The cool thing about Cam Coleman is not only is the dude like six three six four but he's also pretty mobile and can make some guys miss in the right. open field, which yeah. is just bizarre to watch at different times. But when you look at Bryce Kane and you look at Malcolm Simmons, Kane was somebody that has a little bit of an interesting story. Obviously, uh, came to a camp earlier this summer, I believe, really showed out for the Tigers as a really solid route runner, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, great hands, and has since his commitment just kind of risen up the ranks. He's now uh, graded as a a composite four-star, if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, 0.9151, according to the composite, which is just a pretty solid four-star recruit, uh, number 16 in the state of Alabama. Kane is somebody that has been uh, just kind of rising ever since his commitment to the Tigers, which is not usually something you say whenever someone commits (laughs) to Auburn. Right, and they they say he's possibly the fastest player in the state like he he is Bryce Kane is one of those guys who is he's just a speedster and he's not going to blow you away physicality wise but as you said Lance's hands are really good his speed is really good his route running is really good as well and Hugh Freeze talked today in his press conference about look in the receiver room we're going after size because you have to have that to play in this league it's the closest thing to the NFL that you can get in college football but He said you can find ways to help guys and make guys like that on the smaller, speedy side work in this system, and I think that's where Bryce Kane's going to be. Somewhere you also can look on the outside uh, for some potential production in coming years for the Tigers is Malcolm Simmons, who Mm -hmm. is just an insane, is insane when it comes to jumping. He was, (laughs) if if I'm not mistaken, not only was he a track star, uh, in high school, but he also worked with the triple, the long jump, the high jump, all those different things as well. By the way, just to throw that in, got to see him play basketball the other night too. Oh and yeah, threw down a dunk that I think he probably hit his neck on the rim, not just his head. <laughs> so you've got some, you've got yet another, although not necessarily the tallest or the like most physical player listed at six foot, but just an incredible athlete that also has some wiggle in the open field as well. Yeah, yeah I think so, and you know. Looking over the class as a whole, I mean, obviously, I talked about both Carrie and uh, Perry and Cam. That's obviously who you go to, right? That those are the top two big names, and you have to because the only comparable class that, in recent years, Auburn fans can think of is that 2016 class where you had your Kyle Davis, <laughs> Eli Stove, Nate Craig Myers. I think you had Marquise McLean in that as well, um, and those were really, really big gets at the time. Guys, this is bigger. This is a bigger class than that class. This is the biggest receiver. It's the best receiver class Auburn has ever signed. Going back to, I think, Ben Obamanu, Devin Aroma Shadu, Courtney Taylor, and maybe Anthony Mix. Flashback, man. It had to be. I mean, this is is up there. It's very possible this is number one 
um, if it's if it's higher ranked than that. I don't know where those guys would rank today, but right. I think it's higher. Well, I think you can you can make that statement that it is the best receiver class that Auburn has ever signed because of the talent and I think because of the situation too, right? I mean, all the things we've been talking about is the impact that it has on this program and what it could mean in the next five or six years. Let's say Auburn goes and wins a national championship four or five years from now. We'll look back at this receiver class and think they're the ones that did it. They're the ones that started it, and they haven't even played a minute of football for Auburn. Like That's how big this class is, and of course we all know it's not done, and we're going to get to that later on in the show, but those four guys are just so, so talented, and the fact that Auburn has pulled all four of them really is uh, i mean it, it really is incredible and the, the other part of it you got to look back at is and we said in that last segment they are all four from the state of alabama yes and they are guys that don't let them tell you otherwise alabama wanted these guys now it's not they may have been told no very early and then kind of backed off you don't just overlook these four guys and say no we don't want them yeah you, they did their due diligence on them auburn beat them out Nobody in their right mind is going to look at Cam Coleman and what he did in high school and say, yeah, that's somebody I wouldn't want playing yeah. for my team. Perry yeah, Thompson was an Alabama commit at one point. So these two top receivers that Auburn signed, very, very solid, could have played anywhere in the country and could have played very well, but they got some very, very special receivers that fit the mold of what Hugh Freeze has won with. And then you start looking at some of the other guys, the other room that Hugh Freeze mentioned today in his press conference, and I think one that really stands out is the linebackers. Mm -hmm. I mean, Auburn has signed some of the best linebackers in the state across the country, and it's been years since Auburn has done that. I mean, Auburn has not had a linebacker room in a long, long time. They've had one or two guys here and there, right? They typically have that one just stud that they rely on year in and year out um but then we're always you know crossing our fingers and praying to above it's like please don't let this guy get hurt right please don't let kj Britt go down with an injury because auburn's done for i don't think they're gonna have that problem anymore guys you bring in not to mention the guys you have coming back on this team and the transfer portal edition that we have to talk about too joseph phillips and demarcus riddick and d'angelo barber i mean those are studs at, D, at at linebacker that could be day one starters if they come in to do their job. Absolutely, and I think you got to throw, and I think he's going to play edge when he's at Auburn. But you got to throw Jamonte Waller into that mix yep. as mm -hmm. well. Um, he's I think his profile has him as an edge. That's probably what he's going to play at Auburn. But he is that stand up and rush the quarterback um, presence that you want to see, and that's very similar to what a linebacker plays like. It's see ball get ball. It's see quarterback get quarterback for mm -hmm. Jamonte Waller. So I think that you're bringing him in. You're kind of adding him to that linebacker room. What's really big about this class, you have Phillips and Riddick, or Riddick, I think, Demarcus Riddick, are both already on campus going through bowl practice. DJ Barber, I believe, also in that camp as well. Mm -hmm. So all three of those guys outside of Jamonte Waller going through bowl practice, learning the defense, getting used to the physicality of the college game, getting used to the speed of the game. And that's the biggest thing, I think, that linebackers have to learn is the speed of the game versus high school, and they're getting used to it already. It's big for Auburn. Well, looking at the individual attributes of these different linebackers that Auburn has, you talk about speed, and it's something that both uh, Demarcus Riddick and Joseph Phillips possess. It's actually something interesting uh, that I wanted to point out here about Joseph Phillips. He played quarterback, middle linebacker, and edge defender <laughs> in high school. Yes, he played quarterback. He yeah. is that versatile, and he has got some legitimate speed uh, and push off whenever so, the ball and is And that snapped. was because Booker T. Washington – 
had their quarterback go down, who's actually committed to Troy. Oh, really? They signed with Troy today. Their quarterback goes down. They said, hey, Joe, you want to play quarterback for us? And the dude comes on and, you know, I mean, mostly running the ball, but I think he threw it some in there too. So That's what you call a game manager at quarterback, guys. That's a game game manager. Oh, man. Yeah, this very, very special athlete that Auburn's picked up in Joseph Phillips and Demarcus Riddick, somebody else that's got some legitimate speed off the edge. But somebody that I do want to shout out that you mentioned earlier, D'Angelo Barber, one of the lower-rated players in this class, but he's made some very legitimate plays during his time at Clay Hawkville. In fact, he made that final tackle, that game-saving tackle yep. in the 6A state championship game here uh, just, just a week or so ago, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So Barber, Riddick, uh, Phillips, very legitimate. Like you said, it's been a while since Auburn's had a class. And I think when you look at these guys physically, obviously they're going to put on some weight whenever they do get to college. But something that I like about all three of these guys is they, they're they're kind of light and they can move around. And mm-hmm. that's something that Auburn has not had, I think, across the board in quite some time. So having some guys that could be solid in coverage as well is exciting. Yeah, I think Joe Phillips is going to be kind of that Deshaun Davis mold that Auburn fans got used to a while back. Mm-hmm. Big upper-bodied guy. He's going to be faster than Deshaun Davis, though. And yeah. that's what I think is really exciting about that. What's interesting about Joe, Joseph Phillips is you remember that is a that's an interim Cadillac Williams get. That's an interim head coach Cadillac get because he's the one that 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 staff was the one that reached out and started talking to Joseph Phillips. If you remember he Cadillac Williams is the reason Joseph Phillips is now at Auburn like that that just shows how good this staff already is I know a lot of those guys aren't here but of course Cadillac is and just his his football IQ and his recruiting IQ and his love for Auburn so shout out to uh, the interim head coach at the time Cadillac Williams I mean for when that you, when you follow the trail is Cadillac Williams not the reason any of us are at Auburn? I mean, like, let's really I mean, think about uh, you it. could you could give every every ounce of credit to Cadillac for anybody that's ever stepped foot on campus X here. X leads to Y, leads to Z, <laughs> leads to you on campus. That's right, exactly. And one thing about this class that I like, guys, is the receivers are in the the offensive guys are the ones that are the flashy signees, right? The ones that everybody wants to talk about. They're the ones that move the needle, but. This is a very balanced class. Mm. I mean, we're talking about the linebackers, but look at some of the other defensive guys that Auburn has signed. Caleb Harris playing in the back end. Malik Blockton on the defensive line. Jalen Crawford, oh, who's going to so play in the back end as well. That's underrated class pickup. That's, that's the guy who I think I'm going back to. Jalen Crawford, I think, is going to be a stud in this defense. He is legit. He is yeah. very legit. If everybody that I have talked to when it comes to recruiting and, and analysts breaking things down at the high school level, they, they're like, this guy is, is special. In your DBs, you have Kinsley Faustin and Amon Lane, right? And then you have on your defense that you mentioned earlier, Javonta Waller-Jack, um, you also have TJ Lindsey on that defensive line, right? That's another yeah. big time guy on the front line on defense yeah and I mentioned Malik Blockton as well so and there's some offensive linemen we got to mention here too just very balanced I think where it's not just a bunch of athletes like Gus Malzahn used to get you've got receivers you've got your quarterback right with Walker White he of course signed he's one of the longtime commits for Auburn um, and one of the biggest recruiters for this program but You've got corners and safeties. You have linebackers. You have offensive and defensive linemen. You're linebackers. I mean, you've got everything you want in this class if you're Auburn, and I really, really think that's important moving forward. Boy, and let us not forget about the guy that just popped, uh, what, about an hour ago, Amaris Williams. Yes, Uh, yes. I mean, a top top 100 guy who's going to come in. He's going to be – I don't know if he's going to be that one technique, kind of the nose job – the nose job, the nose tackle for Auburn. 
I don't, you got something you want to tell us about no, the nose no, job? I, I hope not. <laughs> no, no, but I think he'll be kind of uh, kind of more of that Marcus Harris kind of three technique role where he's he's not right over the center. He's not taking on double teams like a Justin Rogers would, but he's still able to rush the passer really well and get back in the backfield. Um, I think Auburn's bringing in a lot of guys like that and. Amaris Williams, I mean, I know it went under the radar because you were listening to K.J. Bolden and L.J. McCray and those right. guys committing today. This dude is another player that Auburn just swoops in and takes from Florida all of a sudden. Yeah, and another big thing today, actually, somebody just tweeted at me. Jeff, I uh, want to shout this out. Uh, he's asking about the, the Duke linebacker that committed today from the portal. So not a high school guy, but we were talking about the linebacker room, and this wasn't huge news at the time, and I'm not saying it's not, <clears throat> excuse me, not huge news it just got thrown in the mix with all of the signing day stuff. And Hugh Freeze was really the one that kind of mentioned this in his press conference. Uh, Dorian Mossy is the Duke linebacker from the transfer portal. And guys, go look at some of his stats. Hugh yeah. Freeze had some really good things to say about this young man with his football IQ. You've got another experienced guy that's going to be playing linebacker at Auburn. Yeah, he had 61 total tackles this past year. Interesting thing, 48 of those were assisted tackles. I will say I think that kind of lends itself to Duke's defense. They do a lot mm. of kind of swarming and gang gang tackling. Um, he was a three-year starter at Duke. So he started the last three years and in 2020 played a lot in his true freshman season. This dude is experienced in college football, not just college football, but power five ball. I think he's going to be a really good addition. So add that into your linebackers coming back, right? Of course, Eugene Asante, the big one, plus all your young guys coming in. I mean, this – this is going to be one of the better linebacker units that we've seen at Auburn in a really, really long time. So, so much more to talk about here on the early signing day edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. Lance Dahl joining us in studio. Jack Hudden with us as well. We got one more segment with him. We'll come back and get his final thoughts, and then we'll carry you in to hour number two with Lance Dahl of Auburn Daily. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line. On ESPN 1067, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up hour number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, full house here in the studio. I'm Jacob Goins, joined by Lance Dahl of Auburn Daily, also our good friend Jack Hudden is with us here in the studio for the next couple of minutes. Um, Jack, you're with us for about four minutes or so before we get out of here for hour number one. Anything else that you specifically wanted to to hit on, whether it be specific players, just overall class and feel moving forward? Uh, you got a couple of minutes, man. Go ahead. Yeah, let me just – and I'll tell you what I'll do here. I mean, I'll kind of run down everybody and give you like a really quick synopsis. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure everybody's heard the names already, but – you know, you start with Cam Coleman, obviously huge get. Five-star wide receiver. He's going to be one of the highest-rated players in Auburn history um, that signed here. Really excited about him for next year. Perry Thompson, another five-star wideout. Um, number 30 player in the class, according to On3 Industries, a five-star. So those guys lining up opposite uh, to each other next year are going to be is just going to be lethal. Demarcus Riddick, already on campus, going to be a great playmaker. I uh, think he'll play as a freshman. Joseph Phillips, uh, copy and paste everything that I said about Riddick. Jamonte Waller, um, think this kid's got a chance to play year one. If not, he'll certainly play down the road. Um, he's going to be an edge that I, I think is going to be, like I mentioned, see quarterback, get quarterback for mm -hmm. Auburn. He's going to be rushed to quarterback guy. 
Walker White, uh, that's your quarterback for the class. Obviously, he was awesome in recruiting for the Tigers this year. Had that sweatshirt that he wore. To, uh, was it the Was it the Iron Bowl where yeah. he had like all the names of the guys that he that wanted? Was sick. Um, DeAndre Carter, you go way out to California and you bring this guy in. This is a an in, an interior offensive lineman that is going to play for Auburn at some point. I don't know if it'll be right away, but um, you know th- that's that layered depth that you want to see in the the offensive line room. Malcolm Simmons and Bryce Canes, um, Canes, Kane. You know, I'm lumping these guys together. You really shouldn't, but I'm calling these, you know, the the other end of the freeze four right now with um, how dynamic we, they are, and we, we've talked about them. Laquan Robinson, number one safety in JUCO. Uh, this guy's going to be uh, a player I think that's going to get on the field next year. Um, not only is he a pretty good ball hawk in the secondary, I also think he's really good in run defense, so I think you could see him out there. Jalen Crawford, baller. Um, think this dude is going to be very similar to Keontae Scott before he graduates Auburn. Mm-hmm. TJ Lindsey um, is on here. He's uh, a fringe four-star player. Think he's going to be a good pickup. I think um, you know down the line he'll kind of play that inside, almost like that Keldrick Falk role is playing right now. Um, Amon Lane is, is going to be a corner that probably isn't going to make a, a huge impact right away, but down the line I think could play very well. Malik Blockton has all the potential in the world. He's an interior defensive lineman. Kinsley Fauston, who just signed, uh, I think his national letter of intent just a moment ago. If I'm if I'm right on that, Lance, yes. um, you know he's signed. He's going to be your safety in the class, that I think is going to be um, a down the road guy. And then you look to JUCO where you get Seth Wilfred, the the JUCO offensive tackle. Um, you know he's number forty five JUCO player in the country, but he was an All American. I think there again speaks to your layered depth. You got DJ Barber at linebacker. Instinctive is what I'd say about him from Clay Chalkville. Made that tackle on, uh, I believe it was KJ Lacey for Sarah Land in that state title game in 6A um, to save that state title. I think he's really instinctive with the ball, really smart football mind. Caleb Harris, a really physical safety from Thompson. Of course, Amaris Williams, who committed today, interior D line, Marcus Harris kind of player. Dimitri Nicholas, not sure if this guy. Um, I don't think he's signed yet, and I'm not sure what the expectation on his on him is moving forward. I think he's a development developmental piece if you get him. So that's all the high school guys that I had. Yeah, I mean that's a huge list. And um, look, we have so much more to talk about with those guys. Also, talk about what is still to come. Right, there's still some guys floating around that Auburn is still putting in the work on. Plus, some news around college football. There's a couple of teams that are rising, and a couple of teams that are absolutely plummeting. Plane is falling out of the sky, and the fire's coming out the back end. So we've got to talk about that coming up in hour number two. Lance Dahl from Auburn Daily will be with us in the second hour jack thanks so much man appreciate your hey, time man i appreciate it lance sorry i took up all your time talking there so uh hopefully you get a little bit more in the second hour <laughs> awesome thanks so much jack we appreciate you stick around hour number two coming up our early signing day special continues when we come back You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. 
You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Up Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy early signing day here on the Plains. Hope you're doing well as we get into hour number two here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, with you on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader, ESPN 1067. As a Hour number one is in the books. We've talked all things Auburn recruiting. It's normally Rivalry Wednesday around here, uh, but we are uh, talking about recruiting because it is a big, big day for early signing day, and Auburn and Hugh Freeze have just blown out out of the water all expectations for what we thought today could be and it's still not done if you missed any of our number one our good friend jack hutton joined us in the studio also lance Dahl from auburn daily was with us for our number one and he remains with us here in our number two so we appreciate his time uncle t-bone out of town this week so uh i had to call in backups and reinforcements and we've done a great job so far our number one was a lot of breakdown of uh, the players and the in the class and so we're going to do a lot of that here in this second hour as well inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. We're going to get to the phone lines here to start this second hour. Would love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. And we begin hour number two with Terry. You're on the line. Hey, Jacob. Hey, Lance. How y'all doing today? Doing great, man. What's on your mind? You're fantastic. Um, A a sore spot with a lot of Auburn fans and myself included has been the offensive line. Now, I was just curious how we did on the offensive line. I noticed Jack was going over the list at at the end of the over there, and I think you mentioned two names on the offensive line in particular. Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah, yep, mm-hmm. yeah, and two, you know, two really, really big ones. You've got uh, DeAndre Carter from out in California. Who, I mean, this guy's six five, three hundred and forty pounds. I mean, he is he is a unit and a guy that uh, Hugh Freeze said today he expects to be playing on Sundays. So, well, it's been such a bad it's been such a bad subject for a lot of times. The quarterback and the running backs have looked so average because of that play of the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And is there something he's going to address in the portal like he did last year? I he think so. The weakness as soon as he got there. Yeah, and you know he he's talked about how he wants to build through the high school ranks and that especially in the trenches and you know there's always so many to go around and I think Auburn has signed two uh, really really good ones and I think they're going to pull some from the portal and I still think Auburn has some good ones coming back too Terry and I think that's something that has to be reminded you know and then you have uh, Seth Wilfred the other um, commit from uh, from Nebraska so uh, he's 6'6 305 from Snow College right so some big big linemen coming in in this class and again I still think there's some talent coming back for Auburn now now the kid that was going to choose between uh but well, said he was a Florida lean I think his name was Shelton did he make a decision today um LJ Shelton or something like that I don't, I don't know if I have that run that name right or not I don't have that off the top of my head right now I'm sure we could probably find it but um hey speaking of Florida to kind of change that up on you a second they're uh mm. they're in a downward spiral right now it's so bad <laughs> poor old Billy Napier yeah <laughs> it's not gonna last very long for Mr. Napier over at Florida unfortunately. Yeah, it's, gonna be, it's gonna be a bad situation for him I just want that's been such a sore subject for a long time to play the offensive line and I heard, I've already heard Auburn fans say today, say, well, we didn't sign a running back. Well, their running back stable is pretty good, and there's a stud next year, I think. Yeah, yeah. And look, I mean, Auburn, Auburn. there's no doubt that, that they have been down for a long time on the offensive line at the end of the – um, the end of the Malzahn era, into the Harson era, and it's something that, that – uh, 
that Auburn's trying to address, and, and I think they will down the road. Are you talking about L.J. McCray by chance, Terry? L.J. McCray, that's it. Yeah, he pushed back his commitment he, or his signing. He hasn't done anything yet. He he delayed it for, uh, for, for various reasons, so he is yet to actually sign anywhere. And if anything, I feel like that does benefit Auburn in their chances to, to pick him up, I think. I would, Isn't I would he an offensive lineman? Uh, L.J. McCray, no. He is a uh, no, defensive okay. line. Yeah. Okay, well, that's where I was wrong then. Mm-hmm. So, okay. And, 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 Brian, and, Jacob, you had to mention that former coach's name. Please don't do that. <laughs> I mean, he couldn't, recruit a, uh, he couldn't recruit Weight Watchers to a buffet. I did it just for you, Terry. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks so much, Terry. 334-321-1390. I want to get back to the phone lines. You're on the line. Who are we speaking with? Jacob, this is Daniel. Hey, Daniel. How are you, man? Hey, great. I hope you guys are having a good day. We are, man. Uh, What's on your mind about early signing day? Auburn's been solid. I mean, what can we say? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been a solid day. I did have a question I wanted to ask. Okay. Uh, that's not really pertaining to signing day, but um, if if there was a program right now who really hasn't been relevant in the last, let's say, 15 years. In, Let's say since the BCS era started. Okay, so in college football. Uh-huh. Yes, in college football. If one of those programs that maybe was historically good became good again, who would have the worst fan base out of them? I saw that. I saw this question floating around, and I think it's really, it's really funny. It's really interesting. Um, it was... And look, the immediate response from from me in my head and the very, very common answer was Tennessee, yeah. right? Was was Tennessee in that yeah. in that situation talking about if they if there's a program in college football that just hasn't been relevant in a while, but when they become relevant, they are very loud in with that. And there's nothing wrong with that. And look, I think Auburn's gonna get to that point too. And it's gonna make some people mad. It's gonna ruffle some feathers, but I don't think Auburn fans care, and neither, and they shouldn't. Um, but yeah, I think uh, every time Tennessee gets good or is supposed to be good, you definitely hear about it coming out of Knoxville. For sure, for sure. I mean, it's what makes rivalry so good as fans. It's what makes college football know. special, man. That's right. It's exactly right. I probably, I'd probably have to go with Miami. I just ah, they're, okay. They're a different breed. So, yeah, no, I like that. And again, I think there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with that. I think there's, look, when your team is successful, especially on a day like today with early signing day, like if your program has a big day, let people know about it, especially if you've been behind for a long time, Lance. Today's a day that Auburn fans should be a little obnoxious because of what's been happening for early signing day. Yeah, something that I don't think we discussed uh, when when talking about this class is obviously you've got your two five-stars in Perry Thompson and Cam Coleman. Auburn has not signed a five-star since that 2019 class with Bo Nix and Owen Papo in it. The fact that Auburn has gone half a decade without sniffing a five-star recruit and ending, uh, ending up picking them up is just insane considering the resources and what this program is and their status. And so it absolutely is a day of celebration 
and a day of maybe some uh, obnoxious uh, things thrown out on Twitter uh, by by various accounts that you may uh, know. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. I think Auburn fans should be, uh, I keep using the word excited. It, it really should be a day of excitement for Auburn fans. And it's, it's a great day to melt down for some other programs who are not doing so well, like you mentioned a minute ago. Yeah, there are some programs right now that are sitting in the corner with the lights off and, and just crying themselves to sleep tonight because I feel that man it, it yeah I mean we've all been there right no it, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a rough day for some but it's a great day for others and that's where Auburn sits right now and Lance uh let's let's break all this down some more and and just talk about what this class is because coming into today for Auburn we knew there was a high potential for 2024 to be a really good signing class right a really good recruiting class but we also know everything that happens leading up to the actual signing day right you've got your commits that you've had and I asked you freeze this question today Mm -hmm. I'm talking about guys that are committed long term since day one a guy like Walker White your quarterback right which is a huge deal we haven't talked enough about him that's a big deal to get your quarterback possibly for the future that early in the process that early in the process who is a really good kid a really good player and just absolutely loves Auburn, right? So you have those types of guys. Then you have the guys that you pick up along the way, right? You pick up your DJ Barbers and your Bryce Canes and those types of guys that you had to work for, and then you got them to come here. And then you got your big-time flips during that process and the big-time flips as of today. Of course, we're looking at Perry Thompson, Cam Coleman down you know, through the process, and Amaris Williams, the big flip from Florida this afternoon. And that is huge. Like, there's so many different things that lead up to today. And the fact that Auburn, everybody, I think, coming into today that they thought were going to get that's been committed to Auburn, they signed their their LOI, their letter of intent. They signed their coming and then Auburn flipped a couple, and they're still working on others. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things I think uh, Auburn fans should be focusing on here is the fact that, hey, the way that this class started with some of these different players like White joining the fray here, uh, you know, Hugh Freeze talks about, you know, the short amount of time, you know, needing uh, things in the future to work out differently with high school recruits, establishing your program on these different guys. This 2024 class, Auburn laid a pretty solid foundation yeah. to, to begin things, and then they got the ball rolling with some of these other flips as they came along through the summer and then through the fall. So you have to be you, you have to be pleased with that, despite Free saying, you know, we can still do better, we can improve, and he's showing that with this 2025 class. But man, looking forward to the future. I think now that Auburn kind of has the momentum going, like we said at the at, at the beginning of the show, now that they have some of this momentum going, it's going to be interesting to see whether or not they can capitalize in 2025 and keep this thing going. And what's going to help with that? Winning games uh, on Saturday. And yeah. this 2025 schedule is going to see some, I think, some interesting games based on the way that it kind of uh, plays out here. But you know, you point to that schedule because of the fact that so many different guys in this class are going to not just be on the sideline, you know, rooting on some older guys. They're going to be legitimately partici- per, uh, participating. Auburn's top yep. two guys in Cam Coleman and Perry Thompson 
are going to be out on the field consistently. You're probably going to see guys like Demarcus Riddick or Joseph Phillips out there consistently. Uh, DeAndre Carter is somebody that can also get into the mix, I believe, for the Tigers on on the offensive line. Seth Wilfred is somebody that could potentially start at, at tackle. List, by the way, I don't, I don't think we mentioned it at six foot six, nearly three hundred pounds. That's uh, ridiculous. Legitimate JUCO prospect. I mean, there are guys up and down this class that will legitimately contribute not just be out there for a few snaps but actually playing and I think that says there's two different sides to that topic and that statement right there I think it speaks to the talent that you're bringing in right it speaks to how good these guys are that you're bringing in I mean look Auburn is a consensus top 10 class right now that's not going anywhere and they still have potential to be top five in Hugh Freeze's first full cycle with some additions later throughout this week. And then, of course, Ryan Williams coming up in February. It says a lot about the guys that you're bringing in that you've signed, that they are that talented and can play in the SEC right now, a handful of them. But it does also say a lot about where this roster is and where it was and where they needed the help at almost all positions, up front in the trenches on both sides of the ball, in your receiver room, in that linebacker room, guys in the back end because you're losing some guys to the NFL. Like I would say 60% of this class in 2024 could start and will be starting in the fall next year. And again, I think that says the two things of how good they are and how much help Auburn truly needed. And, and look, we can talk about these individuals and like what they can contribute and how they're going to bring different things to the table. But at the end of the day, you can bring in talent and you can get excited about it, but you also have to have some coaching to go along with it as well. And the way that this 2023 season played out was, was interesting for a few different reasons. Obviously, Auburn lacking in a lot of different areas across the board to legitimately compete against some of the better teams in the SEC. And they punched above their weight class at different times against Georgia, against Alabama, um, for a portion of the game against Ole Miss. But they also really struggled against some lesser opponents, i.e. New Mexico State there towards the end of the season. So you've got to be able to have a solid blend here of this really, really good recruiting. And it has been phenomenal. And you're going to get some of those guys out there. But you also need to have some really good coaching, I think, to go along with it. And so how Auburn develops these guys that they want to play this offseason and how they get them going at the beginning of next season's schedule, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, and this is really the first true example of, and it's the first real situation and scenario that we get to see Hugh Freeze and his coaching staff develop these players and mold them into the players they want them to be and get them better because look these guys are really good but they're really good at high school ball they're having to they have to make that jump and become college football players and Hugh Freeze mentioned this today and we talked a lot about this in the first hour with Jack but a lot of these guys being on campus right now and going through bowl practice, and then others that are going to be here in January and go through spring ball, you'll still have a handful of them coming in the in the summer that'll play in the in the fall. But man, that is just so key nowadays to get these guys on campus early and as often as possible, and get them going through practice. The more times they can run practice in college 
the better off they're going to be come fall when they play their first game late August and early September. So lots more to talk about here with this 2024 early signing class and the, the 2024 recruiting class and some of the transfer portal additions as well. So much more to talk about here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Phone lines are open. Give us a call. What's on your mind on this early signing day? Biggest win so far. Which player are you most excited about in this class? We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Lance with us the rest of the show. He'll be with us as we get back here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line after this. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Let's get to the phone lines once again here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. We got all sorts of reactions, thoughts, and comments from early signing day. As Mark, you're on the line, man. What's up? Oh, just another great day. That's right. uh, I may butcher this guy's name, Amon Lane. Is that how you say it? That's it. Yep, you got it. Yeah, that would be the one that I am most intrigued by because he was there when nobody else was. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, plus hearing his story and listening to his life story, uh, that's just the one that I'm really uh, pleased with. But is there another per- – uh, other than uh, – I would say that Peyton Thorne, Holden Gurner, Hank Brown, and Walker White were probably the biggest winners of the day. Oh, the quarterbacks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As long as long as we can, you know, now try to get on the line for out of the portal. But, uh, you know, just having somebody that can go through, you know, you got Cam Coleman's going to be there in the spring. Plus, uh, you know, Bryce Kane, I believe, is going to be there for the spring too, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So, you know, just being able to have a full spring to work with these guys it's going to mean a world of difference for these quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, the the, the combination of Peyton Thorne, who, look, I, I think there's no reason to think he's not going to be your starter in 2024 up to this point. And so uh, for him to have his first spring at Auburn, because remember, he came after the spring last year, for him to have his first spring with Hugh Freeze and this coaching staff after already going through a season, plus getting a lot of his players, not all of them, some of them will be here in the summer, right? But most of them will be here in the spring. For all of them to work together, to have that timing, that relationship, that communication, I mean, it, it just elevates the offense that much more already before they actually get on the field to do something in an actual game. Right. And also the defensive recruiting today was amazing it was i'm so impressed with the uh all of the recruits that they got on defense yeah that's what we were saying in the in the first hour i talked about the balance in this class mark and how there's look the receivers are going to be the the sexy talking point but man there's some really really good impactful day one starters on the defensive side in this 2024 class you're absolutely right and the depth that we just got with the guy from duke yeah uh, signed out of the portal it was just here this weekend and already it's coming in so, yep anyway enjoy your show y'all have a great day thanks so much mark thank you for calling in 334-321-1390 would love to get more calls thoughts and comments on the 2024 recruiting class that's been signed today and and look lance he's right we were talking about the defense a little bit i mean Amon Lane's a stud. 
I mean, he's an All-American, Under Armour All-American, team captain at 5A. Um, this guy can play. And, and like Mark said, he's one of those guys that's just been here, right? He stuck it out with Auburn. He was committed. He's been with this class for a long time. And that speaks volumes to, I think, a lot of the other guys that probably saw that. It does, absolutely. And, and looking at Lane as an individual player, something that stood out whenever he committed and something that still stands out in this class is we talk about the different attributes for some of these other defensive guys. And the word that we were using in the first half of the show was speed. Mm-hmm. Amon Lane at corner has some very serious speed. I believe it was like a 7.03 uh, 60 meter uh, dash he, he's got some legitimate SEC speed and he's somebody that uh, according to our guy here at AuburnDaily.com Brian Smith our recruiting analyst somebody that could probably play corner but could also play boundary he could play inside he could play safety uh, if the Tigers really wanted him to somebody that was blitzed off the edge quite often in high school because of his speed so he's got that athleticism and I think some versatility to boot so somebody Auburn fans should be excited about I don't want to do it for very long but we got a couple <laughs> of minutes before we get to our bottom of the hour break let's talk about some of the guys that Auburn missed on today because they did there were a couple that Auburn missed on there were some flips that they thought they were going to get and it just didn't happen and look I tried to I tried to talk about this before today right in the fact that you're not going to get them all like it's just not it's never going to happen you can get Mm -hmm. close but you're never going to get them all and if you do then you just got lucky I think but there were a couple of names that Auburn was expecting to flip And I'll say this again, too. I think that everybody that Auburn had committed up to today signed their letter of intent. I don't think Auburn lost anybody big on that side of things, Um, but there were a couple that they expected to get today in the flip side they just didn't get, and of course, the biggest one is K.J. Bolden. Yeah, K.J. Bolden flipping his commitment from Florida State to Georgia, uh, entertaining how that one worked out on the live stream earlier, but a top 15 player, uh, in the class of 2024, really special safety, but also as the live stream uh, and the people talking on it continue to note, just oh a ridiculous gosh. athlete that can play all. Did you over know the that field. North Carolina is a very uh, well-known brand and has their own color? Did <laughs> yeah. you know that? <laughs> I, I do now, thanks gosh. to that. Thanks to that uh, Buford uh, High School broadcast. But Bolden, extremely special player, not just as sa- at safety, but like I mentioned, as an athlete as a whole and. Um, somebody that's probably probably going to fit in pretty well uh, with the Bulldogs, but a shame that Auburn could not secure him after uh, hearing some things about him possibly flipping. Yeah, it seemed like Auburn was pretty confident there um, as of maybe a couple of nights ago. Yep. And, you know, I, I have to remind people, you're talking about 17- and 18-year-old high school kids, yes, right? Sir. You are talking about people that aren't even adults yet they're still high school kids that are preparing for their future they're they're choosing a path for their future and at the end of the day you just don't know what you're gonna do I mean what would you have done at the age of 17 or 18 when you've got all these schools all this money everything flying around I mean you just never know right and so I don't think I think Auburn has got Auburn fans, I should say. I think they've gotten better at, and it helps when you sign this big of a class, but when you miss out on a guy where you don't attack him, right? That seems to be a very big social media thing nowadays where, you know, don't tweet at recruits, right? That's a huge thing, and it's still true. Don't tweet at them. But it does help. If you miss out on a guy, yeah, it hurts, and you wanted to have him, but 
when you can back it up with some possible guys that are still open, that are still ready to commit and sign that Auburn is still in on, you can kind of make up for a loss like K.J. Bolden. Yeah, I I know the phrase is at the end of the day, but at the beginning of the day, these are kids. And and that's what you're looking at here is high school kids that need other people around them to help them make different decisions that are very difficult. Uh, Ones that, like you said, you asked, what would I be doing at 17-18? Having a really tough time making a choice as to whether to go to Alabama, Georgia, Florida State, Auburn, whatever, whatever it may be. But you don't know what's going to happen with these guys because things can change in such a short amount of time. And there are opportunities still for Auburn to flip some other high-profile pieces like a Ryan Williams maybe mm-hmm. at receiver uh, could be coming at some point um, before the cycle closes. We don't have a time period here. But uh, Auburn missed on K.J. Bolden. It's a shame that they did. But they've, they've got the ability to maybe pick up some other guys in the safety in, in that safety room uh, through the transfer portal that could help him out there and then also some other five stars that may make Auburn fans pretty excited yeah so KJ Bolden uh, flipping his commitment from Florida State to Georgia he's going to be a stud over there um, LJ McCray the Florida commit is yep. still is still open he actually pushed back his commitment uh, and his signing so we'll see what that becomes Amarius Williams was one that obviously has flipped and that was a big one uh, before Hugh Freeze came out and uh, did his uh, press conference today Cohen Eccles um, that's one that Auburn is hoping to get in on that one seems to be trending in the wrong direction for the Tigers here in Auburn uh, but we'll see how that one goes and then of course you said it Ryan Williams the Alabama commit that will be signing on February 9th that's the true signing day believe it or not it's also his birthday so excited for excited for that as well phone lines are open give us a call how do you feel on this early signing day lance Daw from auburn daily joining us in the studio we'd love to hear from you we'll break it down some more this 2024 class man hugh freeze he's done he went and did it lance he went and did it we'll talk about it when we come back Jacob Goertz on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on a busy Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio, and we've been joined all afternoon by good friend of uh, good friend of me, good friend of the show, Lance Daw from Auburn Daily. Man, plug everything you got going on. Plug where they can find you and all your guys' fantastic work over there. We do appreciate your time today, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. You can check all of our written work over at AuburnDaily.com. You can also follow me on Twitter if you would like at LanceDaw underscore. And then I also host the Locked On Kentucky podcast, breaking down pretty much all things to do with Kentucky basketball. You can find that on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk about SEC ball uh, pretty consistently over there as well. So if you want to go check that out, it's a it's a great place to be. Yeah, what's uh, what's going on with the Cats, man? I can't figure out that team. Man, man it is confusing sometimes <laughs> watching them, in, not just from game to game, but individually, like within different uh, segments of a game. Just like, okay, cool, you did some really good things with this rotation, and now you're doing this. It's uh, Offensively, I think they have arguably the highest highest ceiling of any team in college basketball except for maybe one or two teams but uh sometimes they just don't quite hit that ceiling and I think it's because they're young and I think it's because 
the coaching staff wants to do very specific things uh, with these guys. And once they figure out how to kind of put it all together, I think they could really make a legitimate tear through SEC play. Yeah, you, uh, I get that more than you know. So, and we'll <laughs> leave it at that. Um, let's talk some more about what's been going on in uh, in this early signing day because, look, Auburn has had just a fantastic day. And we were just kind of brainstorming during the break about what this class has already done, right? It's it's consensus top 10, no matter where you look, on whatever site you want to use. Um, it's your personal preference. Auburn is top 10. And there is a really good chance that they can pull into the top five because of what is still out there. And what's still out there is LJ McRae and Ryan Williams. And the fact that Auburn could pull not just top five, Lance, they could possibly get into the top three of the country in year one under Hugh Freeze is unbelievable. And then you look around the country at other places like Florida – who are just dropping like a rock. It's like they tied a piece of concrete to Billy Napier and tossed him in the swamp down there, and he's yet to come up for air. I mean, it's bad right now in Florida in other places, and Auburn is very should be very thankful they have a guy in Hugh Freeze that does such a good job in recruiting because, look, Auburn fans have gone through this. They've gone through some bad times, but other places are going through it right now. Yeah, Auburn understands, I think, what Florida is going through, except also at the same time they don't because the Tigers, two years pri- for the two seasons prior to Hugh Freeze arriving on the Plains, uh, they never really got these high-profile recruits. They just missed on all of them. In Florida's case, they picked up some really, really solid players, and now they're starting to see a mass exodus a couple of these pieces uh, potentially landing uh, with with Hugh Freeze and the Tigers. So Auburn fans kind of have an idea of what's going on down there in Gainesville. And uh, it, nothing else to say other than that it stinks. And uh, until you get things sorted out on the field, you're probably not going to have as much success as you would like if you're a Florida fan off the field getting some of these five-star guys to stay yeah if you are a uh if you're a subscriber to the 247 site just go check out uh go check out the the florida the swamp 247 and just go start reading the messages on the boards it is it is wild we right could, now we could put on string music and play and read it like poetry for the final half hour of this show <laughs> and it would it would be incredible but yeah florida oh. fans are not taking this very well right now and i don't blame them yeah, this one guy said, just to kind of give you an idea, this might be one of the worst national signing days in my recent memory. These kids are bailing on Billy. And somebody commented and said, this is the single worst signing day I can remember in 40 years for wow. Florida. And look, one of their guys, they just talked about a receiver that's expected to commit. Uh, uh, he may be Good like a, that. and they said, we don't care. <laughs> it's what people are saying. We so, do not care. <laughs> they are... They're just so over it. And look, this person's saying Auburn is systematically targeting our recruits this year, um, and they're they're shocked that they haven't gotten even more. So, look, Hugh Freeze talked about this today, and I think this is a good segue. Hugh Freeze mentioned this today in his press conference. He said there are teams in this league, and we know who he's talking about, mm-hmm. that believe in the night before recruiting. And what he means by that is the night before signing day, these big-time programs and big-time coaches swoop in with one final big offer, push, and swing. And I say offer because that's legal now, and they believe in that. And 
you have to be on your game, man. You have to be ready to go. You have to be locked in and staying with your guys until you literally see pen to paper. Because until that signature is signed, it's all fair game. It's still and a battle. It's nasty, sure, but it's still a battle. You're absolutely right. And Hugh Freeze referenced being up late last night playing video games and, Dude. <laughs> and, and doing whatever it takes to get kids to, to sign here, man. Someone needed to ask Hugh Freeze, what games were you playing last <laughs> night? I would love to know. Because Hugh Freeze immediately followed it up with, and doing things that I'm not quite comfortable with. I'm like, what? What, were, what did they make you play? What What did you not enjoy? It's like, come is, on there. Is Hugh Freeze not a, a first-person shooter type is of guy? Not or? an FPS guy. What if there is? Uh, what if some recruits out there wanted wanted him to play like some MMO? What if somebody out there wanted him to play League at like two in the morning? Oh, I, could you imagine? Could you oh, imagine? The I hate s- playing that game. I couldn't imagine a, a head football coach trying to sit down and play that. I mean, it's all. I mean, that's a impossible game. I bet his world was rocked last night, regardless <laughs> of whatever. But yeah, I, it, it is it is a it, it's a tough battle out there every single moment until, like you mentioned, those guys actually do end up signing and props to this coaching staff, man, for for sticking it out. It's not just Hugh Freeze. Uh, like we mentioned earlier in somebody that he shouted out in the press conference, Marcus Davis, uh, somebody that has done a ton of work for Auburn, getting this receiver class together. Someone you mentioned earlier in Cadillac Williams. Uh, who has done uh, excellent work with players that are not just running backs, different positions across the board. Uh, like Jack said earlier, I don't remember if it was this was on or off air, Auburn uh, has gotten some really solid running backs in this in their stable right now, and Williams has turned his attention to other positions and done a great job recruiting them uh, this offseason. So yeah, this staff fighting until the very end here with some of these different prospects and continuing to fight with guys like LJ McRae and Ryan Williams if they are able to pick those guys up, and you and I talked about this during the break, this offseason is going to have some serious hype behind it. And I know some of these guys are going to be young, and you have to question whether or not you should be buying all in or buying in completely on them producing in year one. Maybe it's something that you see next season whenever you get Georgia and Alabama at home. You start to see some of these victories pile up. But this offseason is going to be full of fans getting really, really fired up for the 2024 season. And it's not just about the fans getting fired up. It's also about some of these recruits for this 2025 class getting fired up. Which is crazy we have to even start talking about that, but that's how this works, man. Yep. That's how this works. you got to start thinking for the future. So if you can land, and this is just insane to think about considering how the past five years have gone, if you can get two more five stars, even if you can get one of them, into this class you're gonna have some recruits out there some big names throughout 2024 looking at Auburn and in their mind probably putting them on the same plane as as an Alabama as a Georgia as a Florida State as an Ohio State because if they can prove that they are a viable option to come and play people are going to start taking Auburn a lot more seriously, and they're going to start coming. And how could you not? I mean, how could you not notice what's happening here right now? I mean, Auburn has has taken the college football world by storm today. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have, they have put everybody on notice compared to, uh, according to this guy in the Florida 
Florida message boards. I've followed Gator recruiting closely since the early 80s. This is by far the worst last couple of weeks I've ever seen. Man, you are I can't get over it. <laughs> doing yourself a disservice by following that since the 80s, man. At some uh, point you got to check. Yeah, some point you got to look. You got to you got to ask, is it me, right? Should this I? year may be it for you, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, in all seriousness, I mean, it all, you said this earlier. Auburn has been there before. I mean, Auburn's been there in very recent years about how recruiting just went through the floor and it was the worst we've ever seen compared to what we have today and there's still guys out there for this 2024 class and then you start looking ahead for 2025 where Auburn is already a top five class there's a lot of work to do there's a lot of time between now and then we're 365 days away from that but the fact that you already have that momentum for 2025 and I like the way you put it this type of class puts everybody else on notice and puts those recruits on notice and say, well, maybe I should double check with Auburn just to see what's going on over there. And we know how it works here on the Plains. Most of the time, once you get them here, they're going to come. Yeah, and let me tell you what's going on on the Plains right now because I don't know if you've seen the weather. There's a freeze warning in effect, and it's been in effect for quite some time, and I think you're going to see if Auburn can get either McRae or Williams or both are going to see it stay that way for a while. Out of this 2024 class, everybody that signed today, Lance, which one of it, which one of these sticks out to you? It, it, and it can be Thompson or 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 Cam Coleman. I know those are the big, the big names, the big, the ones that really got this thing going right, and, and deservedly so. Those guys are going to be studs here. But which ones really stick out to you that were super important for this class and could be important on the field in the future. Can I go pretty basic here? Can I go of course. can I go with the top guy? Can Do I go it. with the number one you, in Cam You Coleman? very well can, yes. He he has he has earned that right for you to talk about him. He's the one where I've looked at his film, maybe outside of somebody like Riddick, who I, I've watched and I've just been blown away with Jack Hutton earlier today talking about mm-hmm. how he got to call a game uh, between Auburn High and, and Phoenix City. In, uh, in in Central and just being amazed and saying Auburn has got to find a way to get this guy on the planes. Cam Coleman at 6'3", 180 pounds, legitimate outside receiver that Freeze I think is very, very fired up about. Somebody that can contribute immediately. He said in the press conference and he kind of laughed about it. He's like, you guys know that we 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 need some we we need somebody or we need some kids uh, at, at receiver and we got yeah. them today not just on the outside but also in the inside inside with uh, with a guy like Bryce Kane but Cam Coleman man he is special he he's got the height he's got the physicality he's got the athleticism he's got the the ability to move in space he may be one of the best wide receivers I've seen. Uh, come out of the high school ranks in, in a while, like years. And so uh, what he is able to do immediately this next season, I think it's going to be very impactful. How about this? Somebody tweeted on, or I guess posted on X, right? And they, it's a clip of the Auburn victory 13-10 to over Texas A&M. And it's the mm. post-game press conference with Cadillac Williams as the interim head coach getting that first win. And this person says, the real turning point. And I think there's an argument to be made there, right? Think about what that was for Auburn to climb out of the darkest times it's ever been in as a program, for him to step in, to put the college football world back on notice to remind people who Auburn is. There were more eyes on that game with two, three, and six teams than maybe ever 
Auburn gets that win, reminds people how special Auburn is. You then go out and you sign Hugh Freeze, and he started recruiting the day he landed on the Plains. And here we are, just a little bit over a year later, and we're talking about the potential of a top three class for Auburn in 2024, man. I just, I can't get over how wild and how big and how important this is. I mean, throw in whatever adjective you want to, man. There's been some serious work put in here, and it's it's paying off so far. Then you got to get the results later on, but that's conversation for for the summer. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time here throughout the spring and the summer talking about what Auburn can do, not just in 2024, but in years to come. And I really do hope that this coaching staff, and I expect them to, to bring their A game on the field whenever that opportunity comes next season. But yeah, absolutely. I think that Texas A&M, you can identify it as a turning point uh, for this team. And shout out Coach Carnell Williams for uh, for doing such a phenomenal job uh, during those four weeks, just emotionally, I think, carrying the program there for fans and for players alike. The Iron Bowl press conference, I don't know if you were there, Jacob, mm-hmm. with him in tears. That is one of the most emotionally moving post-game conversations because of the questions and answers that he had that I've ever seen. Coming off of, uh, what was it, a 20-point-plus loss to to Alabama on the road, that was just such an impressive scene. And it shows how much guys like Williams and different guys on the staff care about this program and care about making it better. And you're seeing some of their hard work pay off uh, today, and you're going to see it pay off here over these next several weeks as they continue to round this class into its pure form. As we get to our final break here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, I'll leave you with this. Defensive coach Zach Etheridge for Auburn about 10 minutes ago tweeted, he said, we're not done yet with the side eye emoji. And we'll leave it at that as we take our final break. Here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, Lance Dahl joins us in studio. We'll wrap it up and try to uh, put a bow on this early signing day for Auburn as it's been a great one. We'll be right back and wrap up the Wednesday edition of On the Line after this. are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Winding down here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. Man, it's been a busy day around Auburn football recruiting. Today has been a very, very busy show. Uh, And thank you to uh, Jack Cudden, who joined us back in the first hour in studio, and for Lance Dahl of Auburn Daily, who's been with us all day today here in the studio. Lance, plug everything again. Tell people where they can find you, find all your great work, and then uh, we got a couple of minutes. We'll wrap it up. Yeah, absolutely. You can follow all of our written work over at AuburnDaily.com. Got all different kinds of things, breaking down the individual recruits that have signed today for the Tigers. I believe Dimitri Nicholas is the only one that is not signed yet, but we've got stuff up on every single kid. Got a timeline breaking things down uh, on the on the website as well. So AuburnDaily.com is where you need to be. You can also follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore, and you can check out the Locked On Kentucky podcast wherever you get your podcast if you care about some SEC hoops. Let's get to the phone lines one more time quickly. 334-321-1390. You're on the line. Who are we speaking with? I guess not. Never mind. Could well, be nobody. It could be. Um, well, here's what I'll say. Right, we can wrap up the we can wrap up the show. We got a couple of minutes here. What a day. Yeah. I mean, what a what a day for for Auburn fans to be excited about today, about the future, and about the potential 
of Auburn football. I think that's a big word here, mm-hmm. Lance. I think potential is is the word I'm going to go with because there's a lot of big guys here. There's a lot of big names. And whether you want to believe it or not, they're not all going to pan out. They're not all going to be here this time next year yeah. because I think I saw a number today where 40% of five and four stars are not on their current teams from a year ago. That's like they've just, hit the transfer portal. That's wild. So you have to remember that in this new era of college football, it's not just about recruiting these high school kids and getting them to sign. You've got to develop them and keep them on your roster. And Auburn has to find a way to do that because just because you signed Perry Thompson, Cam Coleman, possibly Ryan Williams, Bryce Kane, and all these other great players, doesn't matter if you don't treat them right, don't develop them, and they leave this time next year. And I'm not saying that's going to happen, but that's a whole new level of, of coaching where retention, roster retention, is just so big. Yeah, and that's what we were saying a minute ago. And that's actually a question that I believe opened Freeze's press conference is the stress of not just trying to flip some of these guys, but also keeping some of these guys from flipping. And then the process after that is once you get these kids on campus, like you just said, making sure that the talent stays home. And that's something that Albert's going to have to deal with. It feels like year-round, and every staff in college football is going to have to deal with. And it kind of makes it awkward the way that the timeline with the, the early signing period and then the actual signing period and when the transfer portal opens up and closes, it makes it kind of an awkward balance that these guys have to maintain. And it's impressive what Auburn and Freeze have done so far, how they continue it with this class in 2024 and how they continue to keep some of these guys on roster um, will, will be something to monitor. Yeah, well, a couple of the names that we are continuing to to watch, LJ McCray, I'm hearing uh, that his commitment could be um, any time now, basically, and um, uh, Florida is in there. Auburn, of course, trying to get him uh, to flip, and then uh, the big one come February is going to be Ryan Williams, but man, what a day, what a success, right? This Auburn staff should should go out and have a, have a celebratory dinner and drink tonight, man. They deserve it uh, for what they did um, in, in this recruiting cycle. The fact that they are a consensus top 10, yep. they are possibly top five if they add some of these guys, and the expectation for Hugh Freeze, from his own expectation, his own standard was to get top 10 in year one, and they have a chance to go top five. I mean, Auburn fans, you better be happy with what's going on, and you better think you're lucky stars, because you could be like Florida. You could be like Florida, and thankfully Auburn uh, has gotten, it feels like, out of that trench, and they have risen to a level that uh, we did not expect them to this quickly. Yeah, exactly. Well, hey, Lance Dahl of Auburn Daily, thanks so much, brother. Great to have you back in the studio and uh, talking a little ball. I appreciate you joining me as uh, Uncle Tebow, my co-host, out this week on a, on a little trip, and so, hey, man, I appreciate you coming in on a very, very busy day. Absolutely, and hey, if I hop on anytime soon, I hope it's not to melt down about what's going on at Kentucky, because that's kind of Oh, yeah, well, hey, we do need to get you on start of the new year for basketball season. We'll uh, we'll start talking basketball with Auburn, of course, Kentucky, the entire SEC, nine teams in the latest bracketology. How about yeah, that? How about that? Deepest league in the in the country. Somehow, some way. Well, hey, man, thanks again so much. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Thanks to Jack Hutton back in the first hour as well, and all, everybody calling in for the show today. We'll talk about it more tomorrow and on Friday as this is our last week of shows until the new year. But Auburn fans, just be thankful. Enjoy the day. Enjoy being an Auburn fan. 
And stay tuned because there's still more news to come. I promise you that. We'll talk about it tomorrow here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, will join us as well. Until tomorrow, 2 to 4, right here on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you later.